Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and this is another edition of One Day Closer to Dead, and the world is a dumpster fire, Jason. Did you know that? I certainly did. Did you know why? Because it truly fucking is. And we have a lot of dumpster to go through. I am Dave Beaudry. And I am Jason Bailey. Otherwise known as the Vanilla Godzilla and Jason. Outside of the dumpster fires, of which there are many, of which we will discuss and break down for the loving listeners today, how is life treating you? Pretty good. It's uh, interesting, you know, you refer to me as the Vanilla Godzilla once again, and that's a, a nice little uh, catchphrase nickname situation going on there. But I did watch tonight... Here at HQ with little James, we watched Godzilla versus King Kong, and uh, we were quite impressed with it. It was a very, very nice cinematic experience here at our house. Nice. I've heard mixed things. I, I personally have not seen it yet. <clears throat> well, the thing is that it works uh, because it's just they finally get to the monsters fucking shit up, fucking each other up, you know, killing people. For, it's good. For a second, really I thought you were just going to say they got to the monsters fucking. I was like, oh, wow. I <laughs> Well, you I know, with, you saw with the, King Kong, I think that you saw he does the off-brand have, version. My I man. think that I think that King Kong does have an affinity for blondes, but that never really got explored in this one. But the thing is, what's really good about it is, you know, James, like a lot of kids, they like the monster movies, but they don't give a shit about the human characters, the subplots that they just want to see monsters doing monster stuff, you know, destroying buildings, squashing humans, beating the fuck out of each other. Well, this gives it to you in spades. It's very fantastic for that. And uh, James just was like, that was just so good, daddy. I mean, you would have thought that he watched The Godfather. So we were very happy at that. I can recommend that if you've got kids uh, that like monster movies, this one is finally a monster movie, you know, with Fucking monsters, you know, so it's it's good stuff going on. But uh, yeah, so the Vanilla Godzilla can recommend Godzilla versus King Kong. Good shit. I saw Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard recently. I really enjoyed that. I, I, if you liked the first one, then I recommend seeing the second one. If you did not like the first one, there is nothing in the second one that's going to change your mind. <laughs> There's our cinematic uh, little revelations that we're giving you guys, some recommendations for you out there. Uh, I do have a little bit of feedback and some stuff to talk about before we dive into the flaming dumpster. Uh, here's a couple things. Uh, Dave, I have some information that both you and the dozens are going to be, um, I don't know if you're going to be heartbroken or it's going to be a celebratory, but here it comes. Effective August 31st, 2021. Excite email operations will come to a complete and utter end. I thought they had already. They pretty much have. I think we're the last operating anything with Excite. But Excite email operations are coming to a complete end August 31st, 2021, which means the iconic email that we cite and have for nearly 100 episodes will also die a flaming death. And um, I think this is just a, a good time to bring up something else because it sort of ties in. And uh, we are coming up, Dave, as you well know, on our 100th episode. Really? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they've let us do it this long. Uh, last, year, last week, we, were, uh, we ranked up. We got up to number three in personal journaling. We broke the top 1,000 again uh, for overall podcasts. So I can't believe we're still doing this. Uh, it's a great honor to do this for all the listeners out there, all the dozens. But uh, yes, this the one we're recording right now, I believe, is going to be the 96th episode. 
So four more episodes after that. Well, you can do the math, folks. And uh, we here at One Day Closer to Dead, we think that uh, all of our listeners and the dozens out there deserve a little token of our appreciation. So we're stopping the show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're, we actually would like to hear from you before the 100th episode. Contact us with your name and your mailing address. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Where you listen to us does not matter. And you will be sent a token of our appreciation. And I'm really excited that while we're collecting this information so that we can send something out to you to say, hey, we love you. Thank you, Dozens, for being part of the Dozens for 100 episodes. You're also going to be some of the very last participants in the thing known as Excite.com. So, you know, it's a very Dark Knight Returns moment that we are going to celebrate the 100th. We're trying to get our word out there. We're trying to get our name out there. And we're also trying to hear from you. Uh, At the same time, Excite is shutting its doors forever i can't believe it dave and what what email would that be jason i don't remember i barely remember it too but here it is you can always reach us at this barely operating email address that will be shutting down on august 31st 2021 so not always just for a little while longer then yeah, but it's always part of my introduction. So that's fair. You can always <laughs> reach us <laughs> at the following. Ask Dave and Jason at excite.com because, well, God damn it. It's going to be exciting for just a little bit longer. So you're going to have to come up with this. This is a, your, your realm of responsibility, Jason. You're... The weight of the world is on your shoulders. You will have to come up with another email for the show prior to that closing down. Well, you know, the interesting part about it, you know, when they contacted us and they you know, sent it to our the email address, I never I really never thought about this. Like so many things on this this show, on the program over the last, you know, 96 episodes now. Uh, we have thrown so much shit at the wall just in happenstance, just throwing it out there like cotton candy or whatever the hell else we talk about half the time. And it's crafted the show. And there's a lot of gimmickry that became, you know, pretty standard fare and iconic for our listeners. And I never really ever thought that Excite.com as an email address would be really something that stuck with the listeners, but it, it is. I think that uh, we are part of the reason uh, it became famous slash infamous one last time, and we may be the reason they're closing down because it's uh, absolutely collapsed the company, you know, just trying to, to take the emails that barely get to us uh, anyway. Uh, but it really became something. I'm not even making this up. It's not even a funny thing it, uh, to, to have an Excite email address, which I just threw out as something just corny, uh, some corny fuckery out there, and it becomes such a iconic part of what we do in such a such a gimmick that worked uh it is interesting very much and that it times up with what we are planning to do just as an appreciation factor for our listeners out there i don't know it's all very fucking fitting it's all very dark night returns you know fitting. well may- maybe jason now's the time for you to be responsible for the relaunch of alta vista well, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, why not? But I've got to contact these people. It's it's probably somebody who's, you know, living in a small apartment in L.A. trying to relaunch it anyway. There's got to be a comeback in Alta Vista. Or maybe we could, you know, crowdfund that motherfucker. Who knows? 
But I also want to say to everybody out there uh, who's listening to us this last week, thank you very much. Our top cities out there last week were Kansas City, Paris, France, Tampa, Florida, Wichita, Kansas, Louisville, Kentucky, Dublin, Ireland, and Los Angeles, California. So thank you very much. Texas, stop listening as soon as we stop (laughs) talking about them. Those egotistical pricks. That in Detroit when they found out you were born there. These motherfuckers. How dare you besmirch my city. Exactly. Well, I'm just telling you, folks, thank you so much for listening. And uh, like always, we're, we're very, very happy to have you listening all over the world or wherever you are in this, uh, this great, wonderful dumpster fire of a planet of ours. So thank you. That is the, the news that's fit to say. And uh, I guess we can get into the flaming dumpster now, Dave. I don't know. So you ready to go dumpster diving, Jason? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I need a new desk. All right. Fuck Bill Cosby. Fuck him right in his rapist asshole. Uh, And I mean, is there really the need to say much more than that? We can move on to our second segment now. You just summed it all up, brother. That was awesome. Well, I mean, Jesus, childhood certainly is dead because, I mean, the Cosby show will never be looked at the same way again, nor should it be necessarily. But for those who are living in a cave, Bill Cosby is free and Britney Spears is not. Uh, what a fucking world. So the Pennsylvania Supreme court overturned Bill Cosby's conviction. They did not say that he was innocent by any stretch of the imagination. They just said that in the process his uh, his due process rights had been violated. Now, the specific reason on this is because the original prosecutor on a, on the earlier case, had promised him that if he gave a deposition in regards to the civil case filed by one of the original victims. When I say original victim, I mean one of the first that went public. Um, Not necessarily first chronologically. No. But um, if he sat down for this deposition, that that deposition could not later be used against him in a criminal proceeding, which it later was. So I don't blame the Pennsylvania Supreme Court on this because by the letter of just what is written in the law, I think their their hands were kind of tied on it. I find it very fascinating, though, that a fucking prosecutor gave this asshole celebrity uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card and promised he would not prosecute him for illegal activity. It, it reminded me very much of the sweetheart deal that Jeffrey Epstein got back in the day. Uh, I really think those two things are in the same ballpark. So I don't really blame the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. I just think they were in kind of between a rock and a hard place. But the fact that the prosecution originally made this fucking deal with him, like, hey, do this deposition. We promise we won't charge you with anything stemming from it. Like, what? What the fuck? Like, by the letter of the law, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision was probably the correct one. But you cannot in any fashion say that the justice system worked in this case and on top of that fuck felicia rashad uh and fuck anyone else there was someone else whose name i'm blanking on who's from like the golden age of hollywood yeah, who was like yeah, who, uh-huh. who just went public and was like god bless bill cosby and what did they think would happen being in a room alone with him what what like <laughs> another if- another win for feminism If that is the hill that you are choosing to die on, go ahead and lynch yourself from it right now. Like, and I'm not about, you know, telling people to legitimately kill themselves. I don't believe in that form of discourse because I think that gets 
that's an awful headspace to go into. So I'm, I'm not saying that in the, in the genuine, legitimate fashion. What I am saying is that those are two horrible fucking people. And as soon as Rashad specifically, because she was, she's like a dean or something at Howard University, as soon as her position was threatened after she tweeted, you know, in, in support of Cosby, she immediately pumped the brakes and backtracked and said that she, you know, supports victims of sexual assault and blah, 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 blah. She is on record about six years ago stating forget those women. Now she has said that that was a misquote and that's not what she actually stated. That's not what she said. She said that what her quote actually was, was that this was not about the women. This was about Cosby's legacy. I still think if that, like, if that's your defense, that ain't a goddamn defense. Cause it absolutely is about the women. 60 women. As last I knew, I don't know if it's 60, like, prominent like 60 round number or if we're just saying 60 like in the ballpark but around 60 women have publicly come forward with these allegations against bill cosby if even one of them is accurate the motherfucker should have been shot in the head decades ago so anyone supporting bill cosby and, I, you know, I get that, you know, Felicia Rashad worked very closely with him and they have a close personal relationship. I don't begrudge her that. People have different relationships with people in their in their lives and see different sides to people. That in of itself, like, yeah, I, I get that. But to defend him on this hill, on this front, against these particular charges, no. There is no justification. <clears throat> and to say that it's not about them, it's about... His, 60 women have said this. You're telling me that 60 women are making this shit up for their own amusement. Because what are they getting out of it? Has any of them gotten a dollar richer? There might have been out, There might have been civil cases. that. So it's conceivable that a couple of them got settlements. I believe at some point they did. Or some of them did. Um, so, okay. You know, like, let's, let's say five or six or something. What about the other 55 that didn't see a fucking penny and are just getting hounded by media and having to go to court and having to relive this experience over and over again. You're thinking they're making this shit up. What? Because they like the fucking headline. Bill Cosby should have been in jail 50 years ago and has not been. He has now been in jail for two years and now it's being said that that was unjust and that he goes free. I want to fucking vomit. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, no one does outrage like Dave Beaudry, and I, that was just that was brilliant. I really don't have much to say other than let me just uh, have some facts on record. There is that in the civil court case uh, where he was going to, I believe it was the uh, Andrea Constant, or yes. um, that was the one that was the uh, Constant the, the most prominent. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. I don't either, either, but I mean, that seemed to be the one that, that was mostly involved in the yes. accusations and the civil that turned into the criminal. Correct. So anyway, um, you know, there, this uh, a recording is done he, where he says, you know, that he did use drugs to basically date rape women, all right, all the way back in the 60s. We're talking, he started doing this shit where someone would come over and he's slipping them fucking quaaludes, and I know I'm getting that right, quaaludes and their fucking drinks, 
serving it to them in the late 1960s on. So we're, go, we're going into the 70s. We're going into the 80s. We're going into the 90s. And it was recorded as early as the early 2000s. He was still doing this. Now, any other fucking human being that doesn't have the name Bill Cosby. Oh, for fucking give me Dr. Bill Cosby. I'm sorry I fucking made that goddamn mistake, asswipe. But the thing is, any other person be like, that is a serial fucking rapist. They need to go away for all goddamn day. Okay, period, the fucking end. All right. So now we finally do this criminal court case where, yes, his testimony, which whatever this get out of jail free card thing was done, that's absolutely right. If that's the promise they made, now I'm hearing from, you know, on the on the different news channels where they talk about the prosecuting attorneys of the criminal case, they, they said that was never written down. That was a verbal agreement type situation, but it was never really formalized. Now that's going back and forth even now. Don't know much about that, to tell you the truth. But if that is what was said, you know, that's fucking stupid. Now, nobody except his little fucking camp and himself, and I guess the entire, you know, Cosby fucking cast and crew uh, from back in the day are saying that this, you know, boy, this was misjustice and blah, 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 and all this shit, and I'm glad that he's out. He still has gone on record, whether it was a civil case or a criminal case, that he slipped quaaludes to women to get them in a position where they were just fucked up so he could fuck them. Okay, now that is a goddamn rapist. You are a fucking rapist. Now, this is the part that pisses me the fuck off, okay? This is the part I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> shit, we got to talk about this. This is bullshit. This is a dumpster fire. Now, with everything that Dave said, which, you know, he said, you should go kill yourself, blah, blah, blah. Then he kind of walked that back. I actually believe you should go kill yourself if you're a rapist. But here's the deal. I am telling you for a fact that when Bill Cosby comes out and you got, you know, Felicia Rashad, whatever the fuck, and they're saying this this was a miscarriage of justice. And then you got Bill Cosby saying, this goes to show you that, you know, no matter what your race, your creed, your color is, this is a justice for all those, this is justice for all those people that have ever been wrongfully in prison, blah, blah, blah. I cannot fucking stand this, that you are somehow spinning race color creed into the message as to why you were fucking imprisoned in the first place it's the same thing he did for decades you are not nelson goddamn mandela bitch you are fucking not you are a rapist you motherfucker you are a rapist and those 60 women these are just the 60 women that came forward by the way okay that's probably the tip of the goddamn iceberg you fuck So this is what we have to deal with. And then everyone's like, yes, yes. This is not you being a black man who was imprisoned asshole. This is, don't, don't stand on that fucking platform. Do not stand on that. You are a man who shoved your dick into women after you fucking drugged them. Fuck you. Your balls and dick should be cut the fuck off. And that has absolutely nothing to do with your race, color, or creed. Nothing. You should have had a jello pudding pop shoved up your ass multiple times. See how you fucking like it, asswipe. So I can't stand Dr. Cosby. Fuck you, Dr. Cosby. And uh, you can burn in, I don't know, fat Albert hell for all I care. But this is bullshittery on such a huge fucking level. Yes, the court system obviously failed, but please don't go on any platforms. Don't be on your Twitter accounts or whoever you've got doing your shit for you. And try to make this anything other than 
you are a rapist who got out on a technicality. Police, do not stand on the race card, the, the fucking creed, the color. No, fuck you. Fuck you. Because there are people in this world and in history who were wrongfully imprisoned absolutely wrongfully imprisoned and you are not amongst those people asshole you are not so do not stand and say that shit and you know Rashad fuck you bitch fuck you you're a woman and you're taking his side what is wrong with you what the fuck is wrong with you like women don't have it bad enough that you have to be out there championing the rapist if you if you believe that that Bill Cosby is in the right just shut the fuck up. You don't need to be saying a goddamn thing. Not one fucking thing. And that the whole thing bothered me so fucking much right when it happened. But what really bothered me is how both himself and his former on-television wife started to talk about this like, Yay, our comedic entertainment version, Nelson Mandela, has finally been freed. Oh, fuck you. So that's the problem. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that buy this shit. But if you do, Dave Bodry and Jason Bailey just wanted to highlight that, you know, yeah, fuck you, Fat Albert. Fuck you. Fuck you all day. Well, also, this does this does more damage than just the people that were negatively affected by Bill Cosby. This sends a really, really ugly message to anyone who has ever been a victim of any kind mm-hmm. of sexual abuse who is reluctant to come forward with their story because of this, because of, you know, the, um, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Brock Turner, who raped a girl, you know, in an alley who was unconscious. And then he got like, what, two months or something in prison for it. Yeah. And his, his dad was like, Oh, why should his life be ruined for 15 minutes of fun or some bullshit? Like the trivialization of the victim's experience in the way the victim, the way the term victim is used almost as like an insult, mm-hmm. you know, these are fucking survivors, man. Yeah. And for all, and for 60 of them to come forward and tell this story and relive this trauma to have justice then spit in their goddamn face, sends such an ugly message to the rest of society that is just immensely, frustrating and i can't even imagine the frustration that victims of sexual abuse have been feeling watching this transpire and for all this talk about you know bill cosby's legacy yeah he was one of the most influential entertainers of any race of his generation you know what would have protected his legacy stop raping women asshole Be that a good would have protected that would have protected his legacy those two things can coexist like, people are like, well, you know, I, I, Cosby was so beneficial in, in so many other ways. Okay, so what? Like, there are people that, who are beneficial in so many other ways that don't date rape women for 50 fucking years straight. Yeah, I found it such a, a strange, um, like, people were having trouble uh, quantifying those two things. It's like, no, those two things can totally coexist. He was a very talented comedian. He was a very effective chameleon as far as his public persona versus what he was doing behind closed doors. And let's also not ignore the fact that this doesn't happen in a vacuum. There was an entire industry of people who helped him get away with this and cover it up for fucking decades that will never have the reckoning in this lifetime that they should have. And, and that is a and systemic for all problem the, all in the, the industry and in humanity. 
Oh, for all the, the, the rape survivors here, for every one of his victims, every one, I can guarantee you there's a rippling effect in their entire universe going forward, that it affects every relationship they have going forward. It affects their psyche. It is nothing that you just get over. And there seems to be no fucking concern, no fucking concern at all about that. But it is startling to start talking about the miscarriage of justice and blah, 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 fibbity, flabbity. It was a technicality, bitch. A fucking technicality. Nobody of any kind of fucking right, sound mind is saying, well, we reversed this whole idea that you, when you gave your testimony, actually didn't rape 60 women. Not one motherfucker, asshole. It was a technicality. Go sit your 83-year-old ass home and fucking die the disgraced rapist that you are. It was a miscarriage of justice, but not in the way that they're claiming. No shit. All right. Uh, Well, childhood is dead, Jason. And uh, so is one of the greatest directors, producers of our generation. Uh, Richard Donner passed away several days ago. I'd be remiss if we did not at least have a brief discussion about his career and his legacy. And a legacy that's actually worth talking about, unlike some other people on this show that we have been discussing. Um, Richard Donner, I mean, directed the original Superman movie. He directed all four of Lethal Weapon films. He directed The Goonies. He directed uh, lesser appreciated films like Conspiracy Theory with uh, Mel Gibson, Julie Roberts from the late 90s. Um, His back catalog is just immense on both the directing and the producing side. Um, You know, I, I never met the man personally. I can just say by reputation, I have always heard he was a wonderful guy. Um, I've never heard anyone say a negative thing about Richard Donner. Doesn't mean that there aren't any, but nothing that I personally know of at this time. Um, and how sad that we have to make that quantifier now. Um, but, uh, Richard Donner, I believe he was 91, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, Jesus Christ, what a life well lived and, Mm -hmm. uh, rest in power, Richard Donner. Thank you so much for all the, the memories that really helped from an entertainment standpoint, you know, shape childhood and beyond. Yeah, and you know, you were remiss because you left out his greatest film of all time, something that was robbed for the the best picture Academy Scrooged. Award, which is Scrooged. Yeah, it was Scrooged. And uh yeah, that's just the uh the greatest film that's ever been made in my opinion. But no, I I'm telling you that Richard Donner was amazing and you know, he started life out as an actor and um one of his friends that was on sets with them and in production said, "You know, you're an okay actor, but you really can't take direction you're being given direction and you think you know better than everybody why don't you fucking direct if you know so goddamn much that was his start he goes okay sounds good to me so he was he had a managerial leadership style he had he was very affable very likable person and um that's how he got into directing Uh, he started directing uh television series such as like gilligan's island he is um the episode of the original Twilight Zone in the 1950s, one of the most well-known ones that uh, I believe it's called uh, Terror at 30,000 Feet, um, starred the, the actor in it, was a little-known actor named William Shatner. And uh, it is the one where, of course, um, the, the businessman uh, keeps looking out the window uh, of the plane in the middle of a flight, a stormy flight, and he keeps seeing a gremlin. He literally sees a monster on the wing who is fucking with the engine. And he's the only one who seems to be able to see this. So when the viewer, they have to keep looking and seeing, is he seeing a monster or 
Is he going crazy? What's happening? Because at the beginning of the episode, they discuss that the, the character himself is suffering from anxiety and on pills from a doctor. And it's a fascinating fucking episode, which actually got redone in the Twilight Zone movie where John Lithgow plays that same character. But Richard Donner directed that episode. Very few people know that, but it's probably the most famous of all original uh, Twilight Zone episodes. And then, obviously, he went on to do The Omen in the 70s. And right after The Omen, he was contacted to do Superman the movie. A lot of people probably know this from listening to us or just being around us. But uh, Superman and Superman 2 were filmed simultaneously as one humongous epic film. And they realized it was just too fucking big. Uh, but he was uh, coming over on a lot of production that was going way over budget. So the Salkines removed him as a director and put Richard Lester in to film subsequent scenes. Richard Lester got the directing credit on Superman 2, even though most of that film that you watch is Richard Donner's film. So uh, that's just a little bit of trivia. <clears throat> he went on to do Goonies which has never been replicated ever uh, as far as this kind of childhood, uh, you know, adventure film. I mean, there's a lot of throwbacks to it. You see in uh, Stranger Things later on that came directly yeah. from uh, the Goonies. There's a lot of nods to it. And then, of course, there's there's Dave's all-time favorites uh, series here is Lethal Weapon. And, of course, that was uh, absolutely amazing. And he found a family on screen that he kept going back to again and again and again. Uh, some little information that some people out there do know is even all the way until his death, which just recently happened this last week, he was still working on a Goonies 2 movie, and he was signed up to do a Lethal Weapon 5 movie. So that he wanted to actually end his, his career on both of these films, uh, which is odd. At 91 years old, he must have had a lot of uh, confidence in the fact he was going to keep going. Now, of course, both of those are up in the air as if they're ever going to get made. Certainly, Goonies 2 seems to not going to be made at all. Spielberg has commented on it that now, you know, this is just not a a thing that we can really figure out how to do. Uh, but I don't know about Lethal Weapon 5 because there was a lot of gears in motion going forward if they're still going to make that film with or without, you know, now without uh, Richard Donner. So very interesting man, very interesting life, great man uh, and a great director. And, and could one of the greatest things about a, a true director is that they can pull performances out of people and, and craft story that sometimes you can't even see on the written page. That you know you can you can start with the writing, which is the most important thing to absolutely. It's the whole reason the goddamn film got made. But then after that, it's up to the director to figure out how to craft that into a piece of art that is is watchable and enjoyable for decades to come. Richard Donner was an absolute master. And uh, I, it would surprise me if Lethal Weapon Five became a, a reality. But I mean, stranger stranger things have happened. So who yeah you know, who knows? Um, Jason. Where could the dozens tell us about their favorite Richard Donner film? You can always reach us for the next month at this little known email address known as AskDaveAndJasonAtExcite.com because, well, God damn it, Scrooge is exciting. And he and his wife were um, a really successful uh, kind of power couple as producers as well. And so he, you know, they also had their hands in, in a lot of 
a lot of different films that you know people might not necessarily even associate with with the Donners, mm -hmm. um, but the Donner Company was certainly you know an, an absolute powerhouse in the industry and and rightfully so and just had a huge influence and a huge impact on the way that we watch movies because of the way those stories were told. And, you know, I'll end this segment with one word, Jason, hmm. and it's a word that you will probably immediately get the reference to. And to the dozens who don't know, I encourage you to look it up. Versimil versimilitude. Versimilitude. Yes, absolutely. Versimilitude. You'll have to look that up, folks. That's a good one. Have them contact us if they know where that comes from. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. It is. Uh, should I give the hint? Should I say the movie that it's related to? You can if you want. This is your gimmick. I just want to. I just. I think it'd be interesting if anyone contacted us with it. Now, all right, all right. Versimilitude. <clears throat> look at look it up and and its relationship with Richard Donner. Yeah. Also, you know, I I, I want to throw out uh, Lady Hawk is a good good film too. A lot of people don't know that uh, he was behind that as well. That that's a little bit of an Easter egg, I believe. Uh, a scene from that film is showing in the movie theater in a scene in Conspiracy Theory, uh, when Gibson's like running through the theater, or or I forget if Gibson or Roberts is. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but Patrick Stewart plays a great villain in it as well. Yeah. Uh, so Conspiracy Theory is an underrated gem to me. Well, the whole th the, the 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 greatest thing about Richard Donner is all his films are really. I think so entertaining, but at the same time you can watch, you know, Lady Hawk and you can watch conspiracy theory and you can watch. And to me, I don't know if you would necessarily know it's the same director. Yeah. I really don't. Whereas, and I'm not knocking the motherfucker. Obviously he's a genius in his own right. But to me, this is just me. When you watch it, let's say a Tim Burton film, yeah. You you know you're watching a film made by Tim Burton, even if you didn't n watch the credits, even if you didn't you know know the the promotional material or any of that. You immediately know, okay, this is a Tim Burton film. I think that can be said a lot of a Steven Spielberg film. Uh, there's just people that you Tarantino. can watch. You know, Tarantino. You know right away because Shyamalan. they reach they reach into their bag of gimmicks, and I'm not trying to piss all over it, but they reach into a bag of gimmicks. You're like, oh, okay, well. I'm watching a Tarantino film. They have uh, whereas, a distinctive style. And absolutely. Donner, Richard, Donner just didn't have a bag of tricks that he just kept reaching for. They were all just entertaining and well-made. Well, just well-made. Yeah, I would say if there's a commonality, uh, it would be that Donner, more so than the, the names <clears throat> we just mentioned, adapted his style to best suit whatever story he was yeah. telling. Yeah. Um, whereas... The other directors, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. It wor certainly works for them, but they kind of take the the story that they're telling and and adapt it to their style. Whereas Donner, I think, took the story first and adapted his style to what he thought that story needed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Very, fantastic. Uh, just. Someone that was designed to do what they did for a living. So very, very awesome. Now, unfortunately, uh, we have someone else to talk about, uh, someone who I think very, very highly of who's going through uh, rough times currently. Uh, it's part of our wrestling segment of the week. Terry Funk, absolute legend of the wrestling industry. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Um, first major wrestling event I ever saw was Great American Bash 1989. It was headlined by Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, one of the greatest feuds, rivalries to this day that I have ever seen. And... 
Uh, if you are not a wrestling fan, you may also know Terry Funk from Roadhouse. He was the one of the villainous bouncers, big dude that uh, constantly was a thorn in Patrick Swayze's side. He choreographed the street fight in Rocky Five. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people shit on Rocky Five, but that street fight was awesome. And uh, Terry Funk had a very big big role in that. Um, he's also, you know, he did a lot of other TV shows and and movies and stuff. And uh, you know, he was featured prominently in the documentary Beyond the Mat, in 1997. Now um, he has since, you know, he's 77, I believe. He's in his late 70s, and uh, it has now been confirmed, I guess, that um, he's currently in an assisted living facility. There's been issues with dementia. Um, he's had a lot of health problems, with especially with his hip and just, you know physical ailments that you would expect when the dude was diving off ladders in his fifties. Um, you know, I never met Terry personally, but when he, he published his book years ago, his biography, um, you know, you could get it through the normal, you know, Amazons or, or whatever, but if you got it through his website, uh, he would actually sign it for you. And I was like, well, yeah, let me do that. Cause that's awesome. And then also he gets all of the money and, you know, the Amazon or whoever's not taking a cut of it. And, you know, that's, that's worth it to me. So I, I ordered his book and thinking he would just sign the inside cover. Terry wrote me an entire letter on the inside of this book. Uh, and it was really charming. It was really funny. And it was handwritten. Like it wasn't a thing where they just put it through a printing press. Like he hand wrote it and signed it. And, you know, and I will always forever cherish that. And, um, so I'm very sad to, you know, I guess his wife passed away two years ago and that was, that was devastating for him. They'd been together for, you know, I don't know, decades, um, for as long as Bill Cosby should have been in jail at least. <laughs> um, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's very sad to, to hear this, this by all accounts, such a, just such a legend and a, a Titan of a, uh, in the industry. And also just as a man and as a person, as a human being that, um, you know, he's, he's fallen on, on difficult health times these days. So there's, there's not a lot else to say there, um, from my end of it, but, uh, Jason, what would you like to say about Terry Funk? Well, Terry Funk is the absolute legend before he even became a hardcore legend. And that's, that's, I'm always fascinated with Terry Funk is that, you know, in the late seventies and early eighties, he genuinely was in that that ring of champions of NWA champions that were your top, your top hands that went all over the world and defended the national wrestling Alliance championship. And he already was a fucking legend and he had done his ring work was amazing. He was scrapper, but he was a wrestler wrestler. Okay. And then to see him morph into, you know, the late eighties, early nineties and starting doing these harder and harder matches. And then through the nineties, when he's fucking getting older in his 40s, his 50s. I mean, by the time that you saw him in the Great American Bash, he probably was in his early mid-40s, if I'm calculating it correctly. And so, he already, I mean, his knees were already like past the point of no return, but you couldn't, you wouldn't know it at the time no. when he was in the ring. And, and, and the thing is, by the late 90s, you, and you referenced uh, Beyond the Mat, that is a fantastic documentary for several reasons. It covers so many people we're, we're fans of. But the Terry Funk segment is just, I mean, it's, it's all good. You get to see a really, really good man in a terrifyingly horrific, barbaric uh, industry because he's out there doing hardcore matches in his 50s, I believe, in this thing. 
And Mick Foley, of course, that's his hero. He fucking loves Terry Funk, so he's in it. And that's the real thing that if you wanted, in my opinion, if you want to see something behind the scenes of Terry Funk that's widely available, please watch Beyond the Mat. His segments in it are just fantastic. He does so much to help the younger generations. And quite frankly, I can't even believe he's still with us. I'm not even making that up. The kind of matches he was doing at an accelerated age Chair would not shots that he would took. just yeah, it would just not lend itself to the idea that he would outlive his wife. Let's just put it that way, okay? Uh, just a, a very, very good-hearted man and started doing the craziest, most barbaric matches. And, it, it, I mean, it sounds a lot like Mick Foley. Mick Foley's like a walking teddy bear and was doing the most horrific matches. It's it's hard to put your mind around that they can this can occupy the same space in the same man slash performer. But that was Terry Funk always billed as coming from the Double Cross Ranch Fucking love it. And I mean, it was just, he was amazing. And he just got better and better with age. But His you get promos to see, were so good, too. Yeah. And you get to see about the behind the scenes of Terry Funk and the toll it took on his body. And dude, that was over. That fucking documentary was made over 20 years ago. So I can't even, I mean, just to be a pro wrestler anyway, let's just say you're a Matt Tactician performer, more in the entertainment vein of things and not the, you know, just that lifestyle in itself would already lend to a lot of injury and a lot of pain at the end of your life. But Look at Hogan. Kind of, He's had yeah. like eight or nine back surgeries, and he was not known as like a bump machine. No, but Terry Funk sure as fuck was. And I yep. mean, just to look at him and think that he's still with us, I mean, with or without dementia, is like, holy shit. Good man. Can't say, No one can say a bad thing about Terry Funk. Nobody. And it's just one of those things where you really should look into his career because, as I said, that Vader was sort of the prototype for Brock Lesnar. I think Terry Funk was the prototype for what would become, you know, Cactus Jack, what would become Mick Foley. So just a fantastic man, a great performer. And, uh, you know, I know here on the cast, we just really wish his family, his friends, his colleagues, everyone who knew him, just, you know, his fans, just well wishes because, um, you know, that's that's. Once in a lifetime performer, right there, and and a very very good man. And the the team that manages his his social media confirmed the the reports about the assisted living home within the last couple of days, and they said you know he has he has good days and bad days. So my hope now is that you know in his remaining time, whether that be you know a week, a year, a month, a decade, whatever it is, that he he has a lot more good days than he does bad days because I think he certainly deserves that in the twilight of his life. Absolutely. Uh, all right, last uh, we're actually zipping by on time, uh, Jason. We actually may, may may wrap out in under an hour today, but I shouldn't say that yet because I'll just totally fucking jinx it, and then we'll <laughs> figure out something else to rant about for a half hour. But yeah. um, you want to talk a little bit about Dave Batista? I'll let you set the table on this one. Absolutely. Well, you know, we always like to talk about one one uh, outraged social crusader known as Dave Baudry. We're going to switch gears what? and talk about another Dave. His name is Dave Batista. And boy, if you go on Dave Batista's Twitter account, just right now, you could just, right after you get off the podcast, because, you know, we need listenership. But right afterwards, get on Dave Batista's Twitter account and just read some of that shit, okay? To me... Every time I'm on it, it reminds me of our dumpster fire segment, and I'm 
I'm watching a Twitter feed version of Dave Beaudry talking about the ills and the and the the injustice out there uh, of of the world. Well, that puts and me always, in good company. It like really Dave does. Batista. Yeah, two two good Daves there, man. Uh, one's a little bit bigger than the other one, but it is what it is. But I'm telling you, when you look at that Twitter feed. Uh, Dave Baudry or uh, Dave Bo- Dave Batista. <laughs> get, it, get it straight, Dave, Jason. We, Dave, we look nothing alike. Dave Batista really lets it fly. Uh, he is very obviously against uh, conservative MAGA zombie asshole people, and just does not. Ha- he there there is no fucks left to give on that Twitter account. And I have um, always visited it from time to time. Because he's quick to point out a lot of bullshittery happening in the conservative movement or with Trumpism or with MAGA shit or, uh, you know, he stands up for gay rights and Black Lives Matter and he's always standing up for, you know, everything that's good in the world. Let's put it that way. Dave Batista doesn't just stand up and say, hey, this is a cause we're supporting. He straight up calls motherfuckers out and he does not mind engaging at all. And so it's always, I've always known this about uh, Dave Batista's uh, social media presence and um, even friends of his, even, you know, uh, Manny, uh, Manny Pacquiao or whatever, uh, he has called the fuck out on things where he was good friends with about some, you know, besmirching comments he made about the gay community. And, you know, Dave Batista's uh, mother is bisexual. And he's just like, yeah, fuck you. And he does not care. He calls people out by name, wants to go toe-to-toe with them. Well, I've always known this. I've respected the fuck out of Dave Batista. I've, I've always said, this. give no fucks, Batista is the best Batista. Oh, yeah. Once he, he doesn't even mind commenting on his days in WWE and what he thought was good and bad about the fucking thing. Does not give a shit what Vince thinks at all. Doesn't fucking care. Take it or leave it. And um, so that's really, really cool about Dave Batista. Well, anyway. The rumor mill going around online now is because Dave Batista is such a fixture or, or so tied in with the Marvel universe and is, you know, obviously a major motion picture star at this point. Uh, and the, the Disney Corporation, which is slowly but surely owning every goddamn thing in the entertainment world, uh, that there's been some behind the scenes talkings of Dave Batista just a little too controversial, calling out everybody that's fucking anybody over. And much like the John Cena situation that we talked about um, probably three or four episodes ago, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. Where John got himself in a little bit of a, a, a tie up there with, um, you know, not saying the right things and pissing China off, which would also take money away from, you know, the motion picture industry, the, the Fast and Furious franchise, probably the WWE universe too. Vince wasn't too fucking happy with it. And but that now- was just quick context. Sorry, Jason. That was, a, that was also, that was a misstep on Cena's part. That was nothing he really did no. intentionally. Batista's like, fuck and you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and i think that the entertainment industry particular those in behind the scenes in disney are just getting a little bit worried tiptoeing around this idea that uh, no fucks to give the day batista just is going to cause problems in their financial future if he keeps up this 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 kind of uh social media presence anyway that's the rumor mill that's what's being reported that there's a lot of talks like hey you know, 
Drax got to calm the fuck down here on calling out conservative everything because uh, this, this could become an issue in the future. And Dave Bautista just does not give a shit. He was one of the first people to, to stand up for, what was it, uh, Gunn, uh, the director, uh, you know. Being, James Gunn, yeah. Uh, James Gunn and saying, listen, we all change. He, he, this shit came out years ago. The man has changed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think he's, he's the reason Gunn is back because Me he too. was the only one of that cast that really took a hard line and said he was not going to come back if Gunn was not in the director's chair. Yeah, no, there's no fakery with, and this is, I'm not... You know, I think people who know me know I'm not the greatest, biggest fan of, of, of Dwayne Johnson. Okay, I think so. But this is this is why I love Dave Batista because he's not lying. He can't lie. He's like an honesty truth machine 24 fucking 7, and there's no fake bullshit. With, he's like with Bret him. Hart if Bret Hart was a brick shithouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, an, and, a, and, a, and a bona fide motion picture artist. I never feel that way, honestly, drawing comparison with Dwayne Johnson. Never. I feel like you're watching a one-man entertainment show 24-7, and there's just a lot of fakery behind even his real, you know, interviews. Where Dave Batista, it's very obvious that he would forego money and fame for what's right. And it's just, I respect the shit out of this man. And I, you know, for me, just looking at it from a fan of his, looking at Disney getting a little uptight about it, um, don't give a shit. Fuck you. Sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And, and Dave's standing up for all the right reasons. So, you know, well, also, I just want to throw it out there and see what you guys thought. And also just get Dave's take on this. Well, also Batista has said himself that he's, you know, he's getting older and he really is <clears throat> thinks of himself as done with Marvel. Um, not out of any bad blood or anything, but just out of like the story has been told after guardians three. So he doesn't intend to come back after that anyway. So, I don't know outside of outright firing him from guardians, which I certainly don't think they would do after all the trouble that they did to retain him after the, the gun situation, um, the James gun situation, just so there's no confusion. Um, you know, I, I don't think he has to worry about being removed from, from guardians of the galaxy three. And after that, he doesn't plan on doing anything anyway. So Disney doesn't really have any type of hold over him. Um, which I don't think Disney is necessarily used to. Now, you know, a lot of people could make comparisons to the Gina Carano situation, and, and Gina Carano kind of gave no fucks about what their preferences were as well. It was just leaning in a different direction. I also think um, Carano's stance on social media was she was kind of playing a bit more of a victim than what she actually was, whereas Batista doesn't really have any victimhood in his social media presence. It's more just fuck you and yeah. this is right and this is wrong yeah um it's not about he feels persecuted or anything like he's all about people like he's like feel free to disagree with me and go fuck yourself if you do um so I, I i do think the the dynamics are different but i think disney has probably similar concerns if that makes sense um i think they're I concerned if he starts calling out china directly <laughs> Oh yeah, if if if, if Batista <laughs> waded into the uh, China situation, I think Disney would shit themselves. Yeah, but um, you know, I Batista's also not stupid. I don't think he's trying to purposely, you know, blow up anything that he's a part of. Uh, so as long as the Chinese government does not do anything directly to somebody that Dave Batista cares about, then I I respect he would probably be fairly silent about the situation. But man, if he has reason not to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the thing that, uh, is excites me the most with Dave Batista. Now, not, I mean, just these 
it's it's awesome to to be a fan of someone that you can go that's a good fucking dude that's just a good fucking guy man uh and it, it, he just is i mean he's just using his celebrity on a day-to-day basis to basically call out dumpster fires like we do on a weekly basis so respect respect all fucking day on that but on a fanboy note i'm really excited about this idea that he is personally petitioning warner brothers for him to play the definitive version of bane and uh that's uh that gets me all tingly inside because i would love to see before dave batista 70 play bane in a major motion picture he's like fucking designed for the comic book version of bane i would bane or, i would bane just or love if they it. did a if they did a film version of years of war which was actually something he tried to get off the yeah. ground a few years ago and it just didn't yeah. happen but either one of those things he he's got the look and i think he would have the he would have the chops to where he could if it was written well mm-hmm. enough he could pull it off well even his just the if you know the bane character as much as you know i do a huge fan of that character my god you you can't design a better human being. I'm not, I'm not just talking physically. I mean the way his head looks, the way he speaks, everything about him. His, his acting, like this is the perfect human to play that character. So it's interesting to see if that ever gets off the ground. I would love to see it uh, just on a fanboy markout moment there for everybody. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Jason? That's our that's our lineup this week. I can't fucking believe it. We just got in. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. We got this thing done uh, in under an hour. It's uh, we better just uh, start talking about uh, toothpicks or lasagna or something. Um, but how hey, about, how about how about we talk about how Bill Cosby can go fuck himself and die? Go fuck yourself, Fat Albert. Go fuck yourself, Dr. Fat Albert. Hey, I did want to say one last thing to all the dozens out there, and I'm serious about it, is please contact contact us at that little-known email address, and please send us your name and a mailing address. I don't care if you're Social security number, credit card, anything like that is, so, is yeah, A-OK. Totally good. We, are, we will not be offended by cash. But hey, please send us the name and a mailing address. I don't care if you're in Dublin, you're in Paris, Kansas City, Wichita, Austin. I don't give a shit. Uh, Dave's birthplace to Detroit. Even then, just please contact us because we want to, uh, by the hundredth episode, send you a little token of our appreciation, our little own little orphan Annie's, uh, you know, decoder ring there. And, uh, we want you to drink your Ovaltine. So please contact us. We want to hear from you. Thank you very much. Dozens. We just want to say thank you. All right, and for the dozens and dozens of listeners out there, I am Dave Beaudry. And I am still your Jason Bailey. The Vanilla Godzilla, and we are one day closer to dead, but that day is not and will not be today. So until next week.